morning. Let me encourage, uh, in, <clears throat> let me welcome you everyone as we celebrate our church's, uh, I guess, Mission Sunday that we have dedicated for this week to give a brief report about what happened during the summer. So as we start, I'm gonna, we're going to have a two testimony that's going to be given by uh, one by Josh Rosero, that, who was in uh, Haiti mission team, as well as Bill Melcher, one of our elders that, who was in the uh, the Bowery Mission team as well. So I'm going to encourage, I, I, I will invite um, our brother Josh to come up and share briefly about his experience in Haiti. Josh, by the way, is entering into his junior year in his college. He goes to Hofstra University. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Morning. Morning. Um, first off, I want to talk about how great the trip was. It was truly worthwhile, worth all the sweaty nights and all the sleepless nights as well. Every night there would be at least one or two roosters going at it. For some odd reason, they would start going off at around four rather than at six or five when the sun gets up. I don't know what's going on over there. But um, it was absolutely worth it because, at least for me, I found a lot of joy in working with the children um, if you remember, we did a, a performance, the dance performance, where we acted out certain movements with the song. I forget which song it was. I believe it was... Shout to the Lord. There you go. Right. Shout to the Lord. And I found a lot of joy in that, especially when the children were so receptive to us, so welcoming to us, and it demonstrated a type of love that I think exhibits the same love that God wants us to show to our neighbors, relatives, so on and so forth, co-workers, and that really touched my heart because you don't really see it here, especially in New York where everything's so fast-paced and everything is very impersonal, and so I was ch- touched by that. I don't know what exactly has changed in me. I think it's a little bit too soon, seeing as it's only been a month. But I think everything's still working it out. And I'm just excited for the next trip, really excited for the next trip. And I'm hoping that we'll get another great crew like we did this year, and maybe even more people will join the trip. And that's just the summary of my experience in Haiti. Thank you, Josh. Um, I'm going to show you a brief video presentation of what we actually did. I know that we showed a video for the Haiti mission trip, uh, but we haven't showed anything about Bowery mission trip because we've been back only about a week. So here's a little clip of some of the things and some of the works that we have done. Start knocking now. What are we waiting for? Let us pray. Let us pray. 
Let me tell you a little bit about the, uh, the Bowery Mission. And for those of you who don't know, does everybody know that the Bowery Mission is in New York City? Okay? It's not very far away. If you go on a Sunday morning, you can get there in about 38 minutes. You drive down the 495, you go across the Williamsburg Bridge, you go pla- past the uh, ever-famous donut plant, you take a right on Bowery Street, and it's there on your right-hand side. It's kind of tucked in there where if you weren't headed there or you didn't really know exactly where it was, you would totally miss it. It's just kind of tucked in there. And the Bowery Mission was started back in, I want to say, like 1870, late 70s, 1880s. It's been around a long time. It's been around a long time. The poor have been with us a long time. And the poor are going to be with us a long time. Jesus even said in one of his Gospels, he was talking to his disciples in a, in a certain circumstance, and he made this statement, the poor will always be with us. And the opportunities to serve the poor are always going to be with us. Now, the Bowery Mission really has three programs that they run, and I think you probably saw a little bit of it on the, uh, on the slides. But basically, they have a program for students to transition people who are living on the streets through a Christian program to move off of the streets through various um, Christian programs, medical programs, health programs to deal with maybe what caused them to get to the streets in the first place, help them with education and help them with jobs. And that usually, they have about 70 to 80 people in that program, okay? And then they feed people. Besides those 80 students that live at the Bowery, that they feed every day, that they clothe and go to programs, they feed what's called the community. And the community are those people that as we're walking on the streets of New York that I never saw. Well, I probably saw them, but I kind of went around them or I avoided them. What they call the community is the homeless And they feed approximately 200 to 250 meals at breakfast, at lunch, and at dinner. We helped with breakfast and lunch because by the time dinner came, they had other volunteers, and we were toast. I have never worked so hard in my life. We were there from, what, Saturday morning? uh, No, Friday? No, we got there Monday morning. Monday. Monday morning, and then we left Saturday afternoon. And so they serve about 1,000 meals a day. And those are the individuals that are willing to sit through a chapel service and to listen to a gospel presentation or to hear an encouraging word that Tay and I have the opportunity to participate in. 
And then they also hand out sandwiches and food at their front desk. Anybody who comes to the Bowery and needs something to eat, okay, they will give them food. And we probably wrapped a thousand sandwiches a day, donated sandwiches from Whole Foods and a group called uh, Harvest New York or New York Harvest, and they bring all these deli sandwiches that were still good, but they couldn't sell, and we would individually wrap them and sort through them and make sure what was good and what was not and give food. And then they had an outreach program. You saw loading the truck, unloading. They're kind of a distribution center for donated food and donated goods all over New York. And there are trucks continually pulling up. And guess who got to unload the trucks? We were the volunteers. Okay? We were the reason that the guys that were in the programs had opportunities to spend more time in their classes because we were there helping. But they worked right alongside us. The trucks were loaded, things were put away, things were put back on the truck and then taken out to local parks. And then there were food distributions to the homeless and to the needy who couldn't get to the Bowery area. They go to a park a couple of miles from the Bowery. They go to Brooklyn. It's amazing the things that they do. So as volunteers, we helped. We got up usually at about 5.30 every morning. Okay, Tay would get up and and wedge, wedge those young guys and one old guy, okay? <laughs> and I won't say a... And two young ladies, okay? <laughs> Out of bed to go downstairs to do the food prep. So we cooked the food. We helped a professional chef who was in charge of the kitchen. And uh, I, 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 can remember his, I can remember his face. But Trevor. as I see his face, I can't remember his name. I can only Trevor. think slave driver. Trevor. Okay, oh, yeah, Trevor. Trevor. Yeah, he killed us. You would never, he would, if he saw you standing still for a moment, it was sweep, mop, wash dishes, chop food, wrap sandwiches, get the line ready, serve food, and then start over again for lunch. So we prepared food, we helped unload trucks, we helped load trucks, we helped do the distribution for the food. Tay and I did some, uh, some preaching. Uh, we even did impromptu music and guitars for the chapel service, so it was amazing. What was really amazing to me was that I'm 51 years old for a few more, couple more weeks. I'm a grandfather. I've been involved in the church for 33, 34 years. Came to Christ in college. And this was my very first mission trip. Very first. Everybody kind of knows what a mission trip is. You, you take time that you normally would go on a cruise or you would go camping or you would do something fun on your own and you use it to serve. This is my first time on a mission trip. My kids have been on mission trips. My oldest son's 29. He's been on several mission trips. My daughter's 26. She's been on mission trips. I think you guys know Josiah. He's been on every mission trip I think that this church is, has sent. And this year, because he was moving to Arizona, he said, Dad, Mom, you need to go on a mission trip. And so we did. I took two trips this year. One was a cruise to Alaska for my 30th wedding anniversary with my lovely bride. And the other was we went together. But she went on that trip also. Um, and then the other <laughs> trip was to the Bowery. When I got back from Alaska, I told some of you maybe, you got to go to Alaska. It is awesome. 
found a place cooler than Alaska, the Bowery. We're going to go next year, and I'm taking some of you with me. I'm not going to be in charge. Tay thinks I'm going to be in charge. Okay, Tay was in charge, but I'm going to take some of you with me. I, I could tell you how wonderful and great it was, but I think you have to go. The Bible uses that word go a lot. I think maybe Tay will mention it when he's preaching. The Bible's got all these things where they tell you a truth and it says, now go, or go and, or therefore go. It took me a long time to go, but I'm glad I did. So my encouragement to you, as Tay brings you the word and the Spirit applies it to your heart, is just to think about where can I go next year? Where can I go and have the eyes of my heart opened? Those poor that are always with us, they're part of the church. There's some amazing stories, trophies of grace. I serve them, but I'm telling you, they served me way more. They served me way more. Still kind of processing some of it. So if you have any questions about the Bowery, come ask me afterwards. If you have questions about Haiti, ask Josh. If you have questions about mission trips, ask Tay or John, because we have some big plans for next year. We have some great opportunities. So, Tay, if you'd bring us God's word. Thank you. Well, I hope, I hope and pray that uh, these two testimonies were encouragement to you. Um, it was definitely encouraged to me as well. Um, for the past, I guess, 10 years or 11 years that I've been in ministry, uh, God allowed me to lead mission trips every summer, once or even twice. One year, I led three mission trips. And you know what? It's rewarding at the same time. It's a blessing uh, from God as well. And we're fulfilling the great, great commission that God has taught us. So without further ado, if you have your Bible with you this morning, if you would turn to uh, Gospel according to John, chapter 17. I'll be reading from verse 18, 20, and 21. John 17, 18, 20, and 21. This is the word of the Lord. As you send me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And the people of God said, Amen. In the winter of 1996, I was a freshman in college. I just ended my freshman year, and God has given me an an opportunity to go to a great missions conference called Urbana Missions Conference. I don't know how many of you know that, but it's a great, great missions conference where over 15,000 college students above age people come and listen to various missionaries and great speakers come and preach the gospel and preach about world evangelism as well as world mission. 
And God has used that conference to open my mind and my heart for his ministry and for his purpose and for the calling of missions and evangelism. And it was through this missions conference that it really, I guess, I really got pumped up to go on first ever mission trip the following summer to Kenya, East Africa. But one of the things that this conference taught me is this, that this conference brought a new idea into my heart so that my heart and my mind can be formed into evangelizing for the people of God and the people of God that who really needs to hear the message of the gospel. And ever since that mission conference, like I said before, my first ever mission trip was to Kenya, East Africa for three months. And then God also allowed me to be and participating as a member as well as a leader into various places like, again, Kenya, China, Mexico, Haiti, Atlanta, Georgia, downtown Philadelphia, Camden, New Jersey, Patterson, New Jersey, and even to the neighbors where I live. Every opportunity that is given to me or given to you should be looked as an opportunity to share the word of God. And that's the reason why we're here. And that's the calling that God has given to all the Christians in this world. And I still remember one of the nights during the conference. We were praying about two and a half, three hours long after the main evening session. And it was a prayer chain. And during that time, there were probably like a couple of, like maybe 50 to 100 people that will come up to the podium in different languages, that they will pray in Russian, they will pray in Italian, they will pray in Korean, they will pray in Chinese and, 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 and Creole and French and all the languages that they were praying for one purpose. And that purpose is for God to use those people that were in that missionary conference to be sent out as a missionary, not only missionaries, but also as an evangelist in this world and where we live today. And during that night, as I was praying, I remember a seminar that was given by this missionary from, uh, from Middle East. I don't know which, I don't remember exactly which um, country that he was from, but he was from Middle East. And one of the seminars that I attended taught me that Christ was sent to fulfill the work of the Father so that we should carry out the very calling that Jesus Christ gave to his followers to share the message of hope, which is the gospel, to all the people from where you are now, meaning where we are in Oyster Bay or where you live. Maybe some of you live in Bayville or Glen Cove or, or Huntington or Huntington Station. Wherever you are, from where you are to share and to evangelize for the kingdom and for the glory of God. And that was the calling that I have received. And ever since that night, my love and my passion for missions, my love and my passion for evangelizing didn't stop. Some of my kids will always say to me, Pastor Tay, you're like Energizer Battery Bunny, that you keep on going and going and going and going and going. And I love it. I love every moment that I'm, I'm at mission trips. Why? Because I have more opportunity to share not only the gospel message, 
but also my life with them. And that's what I'm here to share with you today. As I stand before you today, I have a firm belief that you all who are sitting here today need to carry out the same vision that God has given to me. Maybe some of you are scared. Yeah, you could be scared. Bill said he was scared sometimes. But at the same time, because of the fact that we have the promise, that we have what God is telling us, that I will be with you, you just have to go and trust. Like Bill said, go is a simple command, and yet it's a very hard command for all of us to keep, isn't it? It is hard for us to just leave everything behind. God, what about my family? God, what about money? What about my job? What about my children? But God is saying, go. I will not only take care of your job, I will not only take care of your family and your work that you're worrying about, but I am going to bless you more. I am going to pour out my glory so that my glory could be revealed through your work. That's what he's telling us eventually. That that is what he's teaching to us today. You know, as a pastor, there's two great passions that I have as a pastor. The first one is to educate the next generation of our church uh, children and teens, and youngsters. I have really a love for them because, you know what, they are very precious in my eyes, and they are very, very precious, not only in my eyes, but according to the scripture, in Jesus' eyes as well. They are a precious human beings, and that's what I have. That's one of my passion, and the second passion is participating in the ongoing work of this great commission, the command that says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all people, teaching them and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And below, I will be with you until the end of the day. And that's the promise that is given to us. And as we celebrate today, as we worship God today, I am very happy that our church has dedicated this whole Sunday, not only today, but also when we think about it literally, last Sunday, Pastor John, when he was preaching, he was preaching about the same idea of evangelism and teaching. So in, in one sense, we're celebrating or dedicating two Sundays out of entire year for the preaching of the gospel about missions, evangelism. And I am honored to stand here and share this word of encouragement with you so that we could accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. So my sermon to you today, this morning, is very simple. It's just one point, but one point sermon, but there's two sub-points to that. The main idea of my sermon to you today is that you need to be bold and preach the gospel of hope. That is found in the gospel. How many of you who are here today are looking at the message of the gospel as hope for those people that who are in misery, that who are in need? 
And that is the kind of message that I want to bring to you. And as you share this kind of passion and love, what you need to do is you need to be bold and you need to stand and you need to take charge and win this battle that God has already won through Jesus Christ. So you might be asking, then how can we preach the gospel with boldness to others? Well, to some of you, you might say, oh, I can't preach. I'm not a pastor, right? But preach in this sense, when we talk about it, is not actually a pastor going up and standing before you like I am today and preaching the word of God. The preach here that we're talking about is not only about teaching, but also having a carrying a conversation with other people about the message of the gospel, about the message of hope. And that's why we really need to think about this idea of what our scripture is teaching to us. When we look at verse 20 of our text today, it says this, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So if you look at the sermon outline today, the, the point A to my sermon is this, that Jesus prays that others will believe through not other people's word, but through your word, through the words that you speak to others. That others will believe because of you. Others will believe because of what you have said to them, what you are teaching to them, the way that you have lived your life as a Christian to be set apart for the glory of God. And I believe that Jesus' prayer, according to uh, John seventeen twenty, has been answered. When we look at the report that you have received from our two summer mission trips, Haiti as well as Byron Mission, that through 19 members that who have participated in our church have accomplished and have answer to the prayer that Jesus was praying for in verse 20 of John chapter 17. That it was answered. That he did not wait, but God already gave them the answer. Because of the fact that we went by the command that Jesus has given to us, when our 19 short-term missionaries went out to the two, missionary, uh, two missions field, as we have shared the word of God, people are hearing, as they hear, they are living out the life that God intended for them to live. So in that one sense, that Jesus' prayer has been answered. And we need to celebrate about that issue. We need to celebrate the fact that God's prayer, I mean, Jesus' prayer was answered by the very word that because of my word, because of your word, your words, that there was conversions that took place. I remember um, my first ever mission trip that I, I have shared with you to Kenya, uh, year 1997. I was there for three months, and while I was there for three months, one day, it was my turn to lead uh, a Bible study for elementary school students. So it was about maybe a half of this stadium, uh, a podium size, and there was about 40 kids there. 
and I had to stand in front of them. This was my first time after I received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, standing in front of the 40 kids and trying to share the gospel message. I was terrified. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I wasn't a public speaking kind of person at that time, and I was so afraid. I was like literally, literally like shaking and sweating. The, the 20 minutes seemed like four hours long. I was like, God, how am I going to share these words with these kids? And I was like, man, what am I going to do? And as we, were, as we were receiving the missions training before we went, we used this coloring book with four different colors. And, we, and I was able to share the message of the gospel with them like that. And the way that I shared was four simple colors. And I said, you know what? All human, all men are created, and they have sinned, and they have fallen short of the glory of God. And this black color represents the sin that is in our hearts. But because God loved us, because God loved you so much, he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. And he came down from, earth, uh, from heaven to earth, and he lived a perfect life, and he died for your sin and for my sin. And this red color represents that blood of Jesus Christ. And because of that reason, what was black that is in our heart have become cleansed as white as snow. And now we could live for the glory of God. And because of that, now, according to what Scripture teaches us, we could all live eternity with God up in heaven. And this green represents the eternity. And as I share a simple message of gospel like this with, um, with uh, 40 uh, kids in, 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 in Kenya, they were listening. They had their joy in their face. They're smiling. And as I was trying to end it and I was trying to pray for them, I asked them, how many of you will trust Jesus Christ today? And only for the first time, first time believers during that class time, there were more than 20 kids that raised their hands and said, I want to believe. I want to believe in this Jesus so that I could have eternal life. At that moment, Jesus' uh, high priestly prayer was answered. It was through the words that I used to share with those kids that God used to bring forth that others will believe because of what I have said. And I'm telling you that it wasn't me. It was even though it was me there and, and talking to them, it was God through the Holy Spirit that who stirs in my heart to share what needed to be shared. And that's the kind of message that I want to bring to you today. As Jesus prays for others, that they will believe because of your words. You need to have faith in that. And you need to go, like Bill was saying. Go. Don't hesitate. Sorry, Bill, but don't hesitate like Bill did for 30-some-odd years. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> right? As he said, he regrets, right? He regrets. 
Just go. Just go. And see what God will accomplish through you. That's very important in our lives. Maybe it's perhaps, like I said before, some of you are afraid. I'm afraid I can't stand in front of kids. I can't stand in front of others. I don't have guts to say, do you want to believe in Jesus Christ? Right? Maybe some of you are afraid. But you need to have confidence in God. You need to have confidence in God. You guys, do you guys remember the story of Moses when he first met Jesus and met God in Mount Sinai in the burning bush? God said, go and tell my people and bring them out and send them into the promised land. And you know what he said? I'm a stutterer. I, I can't say the words that you, wanna, you want me to tell to others. But in Exodus chapter 4, verses 11 through 12, listen carefully to the response that God gives to Moses. He says, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, again, go. Go. And I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. It's the promise. Not only that God promised for this to happen, but God also is answering the prayers of Jesus Christ every day. You know how many... People are being converted to Christianity every day. There's probably hundreds and thousands of people that who converts. Why? Through people's reaching out to other people, by talking to them, by preaching to them, by sharing the message of hope to them. And because of that, God has used those people, and Jesus' answer is being, uh, Jesus' prayer is being answered day by day, month by month, and year by year. And it's very exciting for me to talk about this. But one important thing that I want you guys to understand is this, that it's not only important for you to go out and to share the message of God to others, but the second point to my, uh, my sermon is this, that others will believe God through your actions. It's not only through your words that it's important that you, you are telling them about the great news of what Jesus Christ has done, but it's also your action that has to go along with what you say. You know, you need to walk the walk and talk the talk. You need to walk the walk and talk the talk as a Christian. You know, when I got married, my wife used to tell me this often, and that phrase that she used a lot was this, action speaks louder than words. Have you ever heard this statement from your loved ones, especially? Oh, it hurts. Right? Action speaks louder than words. In the same way, Christian life should be the same way. We cannot become like hypocrites. We say one thing with our mouth, and we turn around, we act totally differently. When we say we believe, when we say we take and, 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 and have passion and love to share the word of gospel to others, then we need to act that way. 
If God says, love others as I have loved you, then you need to not only say, I love you, brother so-and-so, I love you, sisters, I love you, sister so-and-so, but you need to act and follow it along. We have to put our actions together. We need to really bring forth what God is trying to reveal to us as we live. How many of you say, would be able to say that I have lived a, a life, of life of hypocrisy because I have not lived up to the expectation of what God is teaching and revealing to my personal life. This is very important. If we just stay with our words and we don't put into our practice, then we're nothing. We need to be able to say with our, with our mouth and carry forth. And other people that who sees you need to say, wow, so-and-so is so different than from uh, other people. And they have to say, why are you different than regular, ordinary, average Joe? Then you have an opportunity to say, I am different because I have Christ that who lives in me. I have Christ that who lives in me, so that's why I live a different life. Maybe if I say this, maybe you're, you'll be like hiding underneath or beneath your seats, but how many of you are guilty of living a hip, uh, life of hypocrisy? And I really believe that we need to come before God today and repent and live a life that God desires us to live. then in order for us to have our acts together with the things that we say so that others may be able to believe of God, then what are the next steps that we need to take? What are some steps that we, we could take? Well, first and foremost is this that you need to be able to preach this message of hope, the gospel message. You need to be able to preach the gospel message, your, uh, message, your, uh, message to yourself daily in your own life. Are you really preaching this message of hope that God died for me and for my sin so that I could have relationship with him? How many of you are actually preaching this kind of message to yourself daily? If you're not doing it, the first thing in order for your actions to follow what you say with your mouth, you need to preach the gospel to yourself daily. Like Jesus says, deny yourself and pick up your own cross and follow after me. Are you denying yourself daily? Are you really giving up yourself daily for the kingdom of God? Then some of you might ask, then what is the gospel? Well, I share with you what the gospel was through the four colors. 
right, in one sense. But as I was preparing today's message, I was listening to some of the messages of uh, Pastor John uh, Piper. And one of the messages that he was sharing, he defined in his own term what gospel is. And let me share with you. And I think he does a tremendous job. And he says this. John Piper says this. Gospel is the news that Jesus Christ, the righteous one, died for our sin, rose again, eternally, eternally triumphed over his enemies, so that there is no more condemnation for those who believe, but everlasting life and everlasting joy. That is what gospel is, essentially. Gospel is the news that Jesus Christ, the righteous one, died for our sin, died for your sin, died for my sin, and rose again, eternally triumphed over all of his enemies so that there is no condemnation for those that who believe but have everlasting joy. Are you preaching this kind of message to yourself daily? If not, you need to start doing it every day. So that what God is telling you could be put into action. And this is what the gospel really is. And you cannot just say that, oh, gospel is such a wonderful gift. And because it's such a wonderful gift, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put it, wrap it up nicely, and then put it in my trophy case. Since I received it, I don't need it anymore. So I'm going to put it in the trophy case. It's never, 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 never like that. Gospel message is something that you can, ne- you can never, never, never outgrow. You need it every day of your life. From the time that you receive Jesus Christ to the time that you die or you go up to heaven to meet God, you will never outgrow the need of this gospel teaching in your life. And furthermore, it is through this gospel that strengthens you so that you could be bold and you could stand and you could preach and you could act upon what you were taught so that you could teach others as well. You know, one of the things that I love about our church is that our church is gospel-centered preaching church, that we preach gospel. We preach Christ that who was crucified every Sunday. And there's a lot of churches that is out there that who are moralistic, that who teaches about moralism, but our church is never like that, that we stand whole fast of what Christ has done for me and for our church. And furthermore, because our church is set upon that, I want to address you as church individuals as well. I know that we have a lot of fathers who are sitting down here. I know that we have a lot of mothers that who are sitting down here as well. Fathers and mothers, as parents, are you doing your job as to teach and preach the gospel to your children daily? This is not my teaching. This is the teaching that God is giving to us through the scripture. Right? It is ultimately the fathers and the mother, the parents' job to preach and to teach what gospel is. 
And furthermore, elders and home group leaders, are you teaching and preaching this gospel message to your home groups every week that we meet together, every week that you meet together? You know, our Sunday school is going to be starting next week. Sunday school teachers, youth group teachers, are you teaching this kind of gospel message to your children in church as well? And even for my group as well, my high folks, the youth group kids, you need to be able to hear this kind of message of gospel from me each week as I teach and as I, as I share the word of hope with you. If we're not doing this, we're not Christians. If we're not doing this as a church, we're not a church that God has established. If we really want to be a true church, we need to carry forth from our church first so that we could go out and teach. You know, Pastor John often says, you can't teach what you, cannot, what you don't have, right? You cannot teach what you don't have. So in order for us to teach, we need to have it in our hearts first. And we need to apply it over and over and over and over and over again so that we could teach that. And that is the hope of the gospel that we find. And as you pay a closer attention to what verse 21 says from our scripture today, it says that they all may, uh, I'm sorry, that they may all be one, just as you the Father are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. That God is using us, that God has used Jesus Christ. God himself has answer the prayer so that all this work can be gelled together and work for the glory of God. It's not me standing here or it's not you standing out in the mission field or in your neighborhood reaching out for others. But we are joined together. That, the, that God sent Holy Spirit as we receive Holy Spirit into our hearts. He does not... The Holy Spirit does not dwell outside of us. It lives within our hearts. It lives within your hearts. And as you have that faith, you need to go, as it says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Again, let me repeat it. Go! Therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, this is a promise that Jesus Christ is giving to his disciples and you today, that I will be with you always to the end of the age. It's a promise being fulfilled. It's a promise that's being fulfilled. And as we look upon the examples that we could find from the scripture of the person that who actually live out the life that who walk in their faith, it's found in John chapter 4. Remember the story of a good Samaritan, uh, remember the story of a Samaritan woman, the woman at the well? 
that who was a who had sin, guilt, shame. And she was so afraid of her past, she went to draw the water during the hottest time of the day. And when she met Jesus Christ, and when Jesus Christ shared the word of God with her, her life changed instantaneously. And she didn't care who she was. She didn't care all the shame that she had. She didn't care all the sins that she had or guilt that she had. But I could imagine she, her like running around to all the neighbors of her town and knocking on the door and saying, Come, come, come with me to hear this great teacher and what, she, what he has taught me. You need to hear this message of the gospel. You need to hear. And John chapter 4, verse 39 says this. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him, meaning Jesus Christ, because of the woman's testimony. It was her action. Her shame or her guilt and sin didn't bother her. She just went because she was overwhelmed by the joy that Jesus Christ has given to her. How many of you have that joy in your heart today? If you don't, you really got to start preaching the gospel to yourself daily. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Because if it wasn't for him, I would not be here at this point. Preach the gospel message. It is what brings forth in all of us. As I bring to a conclusion today, I want us to pay a close, uh, close attention to the last verse, uh, last passage that is in the uh, bulletin, Matthew 9, uh, verses 37 and 38. Those two verses says this, Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. There is a lot of people that who really needs to hear the message of the gospel. Not only in Kenya, not only, not only in Haiti or in Malaysia or any of these Middle Eastern countries, but Everybody needs it, even your next-door neighbor. When was the last time that you actually talked to your neighbors about Jesus Christ and what he has done for you? Maybe this is a good opportunity to do that. Build relationship with that person. I'm not going to say, hey, next year we're going to go, I don't know where we're going to go next year, but maybe we'll go to Haiti again. Maybe we'll go to some other country and maybe some of you say, oh, maybe I'll go to overseas missions. No, 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 no. You don't have to do that. If, you wanna, if, you, if, the, if God is telling you and teaching you to do that, then great. But what I'm trying to say is this, that I'm trying to teach to you guys today that you need to start where you are right now. Your workplace, in your office, in your home, in your family members, with your family members, or in your gym that you go to, right? Everyone that you come across, you need to be able to share this message of hope. That is so valuable. 
Is message of gospel so valuable? Is it valuable to you? Is it valuable? Is it really valuable to you? You know, as a selfish human being, you know, one of the things that we are prone to do whenever we find something that is so valuable, what do we do? We hide it, right? And you remember the movie, The Lord of the Rings? My precious, right? The, the ring, right? That you hide it and you want to keep it to yourself? No, it's never like that. If you find something that is great, you need to go and share and, and, and show it to everybody else. You know, I think this is, a, this is why children are so dear to Jesus Christ. As, adult, as adults, when we find something that is precious and something that is good, we like to hide it and keep it in, our, in ourselves. But as a little kid, you know what they do? When they get something good, like a great toy, you know what they do? They go and they say, look at this. You know, I bought my son, Enoch, a, a little tiny uh, Crocs sandal this summer. And when, when, he, when we put him on, he will always tell other people, look at my shoes. Look at my shoes. He's proud. He's saying that this is mine. This is something that is good that my father has given to me. It's so precious to me. But look, I want you to see it. Are you doing that with gospel message? No. <laughs> Am I doing that gospel message sometimes? No. I'm guilty of it as well. But we need to go and share as what Jesus Christ has uh, taught us. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7 says this, How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news. Let me repeat that. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. This is the way that God looks at you when you go and carry the message of hope, the gospel to others. How lovely are you to do the work for God and for his kingdom? And as we go, the one of the reasons why I say you need to be able to preach the gospel to yourself daily is because what it teaches us and what it reminds us in 2 Peter chapter 4, verse 7, where he says, But in your hearts regard Christ as the Lord as holy, and this is the important part, always being prepared to make a difference to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. You need to be always ready. And the only way that you could always be ready is to preach the message of hope, the gospel, to yourself daily. You'll be ready. I'm going to invite the praise team to come up and sing our last song, Our God Reign, which comes from Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news. <laughs>